Kosa, Emata, Emata, Etefesina, Mahata Fenicina, Esina Sina, Emata C, Afasa to Manasina, Esina Fasona C, Esona Son C, Emison Son Son C, Masson C, Emison C, Mahata Son C, Sison, Missi, C, Misson, Misson C, Ah, Missi, Massimissimas, my son, see, see me, see me, see my son, see, see me, see me, see me. See me, see my son, see me, see my son, see me, see my son, see the living son, see the living son, see the living son. For I have set the living son before you that you might see me, that you might see me, that you might see me. I have set the living son before you, and I'm giving you sight even to see my son, even to see my son. For this is the season of glory. This is the season of glory upon you. This is the season of glory that I'm bringing you into. Even the season of Eli. Even the season of Eli. Even the true God. Only true God. Only true God. Bringing you into seasons of trueness. Trueness to make you true. To make you true. To make you true in me. Even for that which I have said before you. For I have said before you even an inheritance and a reward which is eternal life. Which is eternal life. I am bringing you, I am bringing you even into the end of your journey. I am making you see my son that you might see the end of your journey. For where you are heading to is eternal. Is eternal. Is eternal. That is where you are journeying to. That is where you are journeying to. But you can't journey here if you don't see my son. You can't journey here without a living son. You can't journey here without seeing. You can't journey here without sight. You can't journey here without defeating evil. You can't journey here. You can't journey here. So I speak to you even in this season. Even to see me. To see me. To see me. Not just to see the living son. But to see me your God. To see me your God. To see me your God. And I will be a God to you. And you shall be my people. I am making you a people. By making you see my son. By making you see my son. For I will be a God to a people. Not all people. But to a people. To a company. To a company will I be a God to. And I am calling you. Even speaking by the words. That is coming out of my mouth. Even to make you my company. My company. My company who I will rest in. My eternal rest is here people I'm calling on to even this reason am I giving my light even to see me the only true God see at the spirit amen father we thank you we bless your name lord we receive your words this morning we receive everything that you have said to us this morning thank you father lord Jesus as we sit now to also discuss and to deliberate upon issues, matters that you have raised, Lord, in this convocation. I pray, Lord Jesus, you will cause the spirit of wisdom and understanding to take charge now. Father, I ask, O oh God, that you will grant utterance, you will grant clarity of thought and expression. Father, I pray, O oh God, that you will come and lead our deliberation by your spirit and Lord, touch upon those matters that matter in the hearts of your people at this time. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah.
who's happy to be here on the last day. <laughs> Can we just appreciate the Lord this morning? I want us to do it very well. Let's, let's thank God this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, they don't need introduction, but I'll just introduce <laughs> them again. This is Pastor Femi, Pastor Jeff, Pastor James, and Pastor Bukumi. Um, thank you for being here again this morning. Uh, I want to say that if you have any questions, same as last time, Betty is going around with the pieces of paper, so you can give her your questions. Um, and this morning, I think it's going to take a, a different tone. So. I think the, the answers that we want to get this morning are, um, because it's the last day, you know, more practical answers that people feel like would apply to, you know, like their everyday, you know. So if you have questions, I mean, you can ask any question you want, but, you know, if you have questions about like, you know, like right now, what am I supposed to be doing? Or right now, what's my next move? Uh, you can ask those questions, and God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to start off with Pastor Femi giving a summary of Mommy's message yesterday morning. Um, everybody remembers Pampers, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, maybe you can just summarize what you got and tell us how to stop using Pampers in the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can everybody hear me? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for this opportunity to uh, summarize mommy's message. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think um, mommy's message was uh, quite direct and uh, took care of so many things yesterday. Uh, mommy said um, so many things that are quite encouraging, quite instructive. Um, but I would like to start from where she started from when she was talking about um, uh, dominion. She started from that place where she was talking about dominion, that uh, yeah. uh, you can't get dominion without getting life. That um, the, the instrument for dominion is life. And life comes by understanding. Yeah, life comes by understanding that there's no way a man can come into life without having an understanding of that life. Because it's an expression. And you express things by understanding, right? So she talked about dominion. And she went um, talked about the Adam and Eve. Uh, when God created Adam and Eve, he said that God created man in his own image and um, his likeness. But she now makes a very, is quite some disparity yesterday that could be new to many people. She was saying that um, God is not actually a living soul. Adam is a living soul, but God is not a living soul. God is a quickening spirit. So, uh, but they can make a living soul into a quickening spirit. Yeah. So, really, really, Adam was supposed to grow from being a living soul into a quickening spirit, spirit. like the last Adam did. Yeah. Uh -huh. Praise God. Uh, that was the process before the fall of man. Yeah. yeah. And um, now, after man has, fall, has fallen, they now have to re-raise man again by gradually giving him life. And the first thing is to first quicken him. Uh -huh. Praise God. And uh, that was where she was now going to the point where she was saying that after somebody is quickened from the dead, it's not that he's a mature Christian. He doesn't have eternal life yet. Mm. He got born again to come and receive, to come and actually be trained to receive eternal life. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so obviously, those are the little misconceptions in the body right now that uh, people will say that the day I got born again, I already have eternal life. Uh, you know, eternal life enters into a body, 
that body has to change. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So obviously we did, we did not really, really, um, we are not carrying or holding eternal life the day we got born again. So she was now saying that the first thing they have to do is, the day we got born again, we are babies. Babies, she made reference to babies with pampas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Praise God. And, um, and a baby with pampas is a baby you filled with milk. Yeah. And you have to be faithful with the milk properly and be raised properly with milk. And after you have grown and grown a little mandible, they did not start feeding you with meat. She now told us that that meat is actually Christ. Praise God. That meat is Christ. Christ is the one that will change us from being carnal to being spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's only a spiritual man that can relate with everlasting substances. Yes, it was the only spiritual man that can relate to the relative substances. So for a man to be transformed from being carnal to being spiritual, he needs Christ substances. Praise God. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. So you need, we need Christ substances to transform us from being carnal to being spiritual. And it's actually when we now become spiritual that God will now start giving everlasting substances. <coughs> she even made the joke that, ah, can you imagine giving everlasting substances to a child that's always thinking about his own? Mm. That was he going to do with everlasting substances. Mm -hmm. yeah. He will use it to serve himself. Yeah. So that's why God will not give everlasting substances to a child. So at the end of the day, that self, Christ, when we, when we, from where I can deduce from what she's saying is that, what is the real problem of a man in, as a baby Christian is self. Everything is about myself. She was making reference to using baby as a my own, my own, my own. A baby wants to take care of his own. Even what is not his own is also his own too. He wants to acquire everything as his own. And those are the characters that Christ will come and judge before the everlasting substances cannot be communicated. That even after everlasting um, Christ has now been formed in the soul, then they can now start making that being, Christ, incorruptible. Now, Christ is a place where they deal with corruption, but it doesn't mean that man has not, that man is not corruptible. But now, it's that Christ that they now want to make incorruptible. Praise God. So, and the essence of everlasting substance is to make a perfect man or a spiritual man incorruptible. So she was now, then the prophecy came. The prophecy that came is that, that God is, is a responsible father and is a gracious father that he can actually, that he's not afraid of our carnality. That prophecy actually was very profound. That God is not afraid of our carnality. He's ready to feed us till, till we become living sons. He's capa he has capacity and he's ready to. So at the end of the day, you know, my brother said something yesterday. He said, Pastor James, he said, um, your responsibility is to hunger and thirst. God's responsibility is to feed. And um, that's how it's going to be. God is ready to feed as long as we are ready to eat. So mommy was now encouraging us that we should keep giving ourselves to the word, that we can grow from milk, from a child, into Christ, and from Christ into the living son of God. That, there's, that God, God has that capacity to raise us to that point, and it is possible for men to become living sons of God. Yes. Praise God. I think I there. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was awesome. Okay, I'm going to ask Pastor Bukumi a question now. So, you know, um, Reverend Helen, every time she, she, not every time, but a lot of times when she's teaching, she always stresses how it's important for you to have good milk or, or you will have challenges going forward if your milk is um, insufficient or inadequate. Um, 
what will you say to people who feel like they're wearing diapers right now? You know, she said, you have to revisit the foundation, okay? Um, I know initially when I started listening to Word of Righteousness, I felt I don't have the background for this kind of stuff that is being said. So at, at one point there was a temptation. I was like, okay, let me just stop listening now. I'll just listen to only Hagen, you know. Um, there was this pastor in the UK I used to listen to, and then after I've gathered some foundation, I can now come back. But I, I feel like that might not be the way to go about it. So what would you say to people who they want to revisit foundation or they want to maybe um, increase their milk level, but are being exposed to this level of doctrine, what should they do? <coughs> Praise the Lord. Um, I think I would uh, just repeat uh, Pastor Jeff's uh, explanation from yesterday to perhaps um, address this question. Um, one of the things that, um, one of the things he said, yes, I'm oh, sorry, the last interactive session. One of the things that he said in the last interactive session is, you know, he was, he was trying to explain how, when it comes to the giving of God's um, things, there is the aspect to where you get the doctrine, right? And of course, with re regards to doctrine, um, it's, it's not necessarily that you must have heard milk first before you hear, you know, everlasting life and things like that. Um, well, when it comes to the building, inside, inwardly, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that is different because if Christ meant something, then Christ must be there before you move into what is called the living son or you grow further. So of course, when it comes to the building inwardly, line must be upon line, precept must be upon precept. Um, but when it comes to the, the word doctrine coming, um, there is, I'll, I'll just use the word grace. <coughs> that comes with the word in the season. Mm -hmm. And what that grace does is, it's, it doesn't just open your eyes to what he's saying, it also gives grace for to measure up with regards to, uh, to measure up with regards to, uh, sorry, oh, okay. <laughs> to measure up with regards to um, what God is saying in the season. Now, what that means, so for example, I'll, I'll quickly just say from the prayer meeting for the, the meeting, mm -hmm. the Lord was saying a lot of things that if you look at it, you will think perhaps they are milk. For example, how you eat ferociously. Mm -hmm. I mean, how this season is a season of eating, right? Mm -hmm. Then they were teaching us how to eat, attitudes and all we need to do. I mean, that for me, that word alone is enough to resurrect any soup that has not been eaten well. Mm -hmm to eating well yes sir now so i mean the meet, i would say the meeting the prayer meeting was like a week and a half mm -hmm. right in a week and a half enough work has been done to move a soul i mean if the soul is open heart is open to move you into what is needed even in this season right of course if things are not there I mean, if you have a faulty foundation, I mean, there, there, there's, there's this tendency that you may not be able to move into what God wants to do inwardly. Because oh. right? we, we need to know the difference. Moving from doctrine to what God is doing inside. Mm -hmm. right? So that is very important. So I would say continue hearing. I believe God is giving enough grace in this season mm -hmm. 
to also measure up, right? Not just stray away, okay, let me go and listen. I mean, even that idea alone itself may not be a solution to what you're looking for. It's, to me, it's not actually a solution, right? But it seems logical that, okay, let me go and... But what that would do to you is, the season that God is speaking, you've stopped listening, and you've started, you know, trying to measure up with milk. Whereas, where you are, if you continue listening, you might actually come into the grace needed for you to listen. I mean, that doesn't mean because you're listening now, you still can't go back mm -hmm. and listen to those things. There are times, random times, you will just see, you know, um, like randomly I just pray, play again, even mm -hmm. in the heart, just to listen. I mean, doesn't not listening, listening doesn't stop you mm -hmm. from still listening to things in the milk. Mm -hmm. But it's just more about the heart posture mm -hmm. and the willingness mm -hmm. to yield to God, to what God is doing mm -hmm. in this season. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I don't know if I've answered that yeah. question. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you. Um, uh, you have answered the question wonderfully. Um, I just wanted to add that um, for um, it's something that has been brewing in our in our hearts uh, for some years now, and um, even as you know we are in a season of everlasting life, Christ. If you feel even with me, mommy's message, it was a, a very stark reminder to me as well that if maybe you feel that you are in such a place, you can talk to your pastors directly. Um, we have the uh, wisdom. We are getting the wisdom by the grace of God to know how to, uh, for example, I know sometimes Pastor Femi sends books to some of them, uh, Kenneth Higgins' books, uh, uh, we can messages, and then we, you can ask us questions based on the messages. Uh, we are also, in beginning, as uh, Pastor Bukumi said, in the prayer meetings, incorporating milk even into the flow, into the stream of word of righteousness and everlasting life. So I think we as pastors, we are very conscious of that, and you are going to begin to see also it mixed in into the feeding and the stream of what is coming to you. Thank you. Praise God. Okay, there, this question was from last time that I'm going to ask because I think it kind of ties into what we're saying here. Um, the question is, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, leads me to believe that scripture and teachings are for practical living here on earth. But I'm not sure I hear the applicability of these teachings to life here. To what end do I need to understand these levels of mysteries? I think that's a very legitimate question. And th that scripture that they quoted here is the one that says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is, uh, yeah, is for reproof and for doctrine and for uh, correction and instruction in righteousness. Um, so anything ob over and above that, like what's the point of it, right? That's the question I'm going to ask you to answer. <laughs> um, praise God. So the question is that they are not um, sure or convinced that it's applicable to the, to, to the present life. Okay. Um, I think for sure the gospel... Um, <coughs> The word of God is supposed to be applicable to the present life. Now, now the question they're asking, is it that they don't see anything at all applicable? Or is it that they expect, the person expects everything to just be applicable? Because they are not the same thing. Um, if it's that the person feels like there's so much being said that's not applicable here, 
even though I mean I don't think anyone can really say that there's nothing that's been said that's applicable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mommy's teaching was all application, a lot yeah. of it. Application, you see doctor yesterday, Dr. Lamy Conrad talking about attitude, things like how to, you know, all we've had so much of that. But maybe the concern for this person is there's still a lot of it, like the huge chunk of it that they feel maybe it's not necessarily directly applicable. So, and that's a valid um, concern, although the premise of the concern is faulty, I think. Um, because this, that, that scripture you mentioned, or anywhere, or the Bible, does not say that the purpose of Christianity is just for this life alone. right? Actually, the opposite, that the gospel is actually trying to promise us a hope, give us a hope, a hope that, of course, can manifest in this present world, but is not primarily for this world. Like in the book of Peter, Peter was saying, why we look for, we look for new heavens. What manner of man ought you to be? So it means the, the, the way your being is formed should be postured towards something you are looking for, which is new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So it's almost like even all the living on, on the earth is actually a preparation for a world to come that's not present. So that's the entire, um, the whole theme of the scriptures. It's about a great harvest of God that God wants to harvest into a future world. But that doesn't mean that God's life cannot be manifested here on earth because there is a hope both in this life and in that which is to come. And in fact, when the Lord is judging us according to the scripture, that every man will receive according to the things that are done in the body. So things that are done in the flesh actually have a huge part to play. But when we are now saying, okay, maybe things are not applicable here, what are we really, really saying? Because the truth is that even, even eternal life, when a soul has eternal life, it can still be ap ap applicable. Can, someone can be living by the force of that life, even in the present. Yeah. So is the question is, what do you see as application? I'll give you, for example, is application to you going to, let's say, feed the hungry in, let's say, Haiti, for example, where you have to enter into a plane, get money, buy food, give to somebody? That seems like something you are doing in the present world. And I think an example I was using was yesterday or so was something as almost intangible as deciding to forgive somebody who hurt you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, that is something that is more invisible, but it's something that you can, they can bring down power. Sometimes there's there some forgiveness that it would take everlasting life to rot because the power behind that forgiveness is not just worldliness or the unforgiveness. It's not worldliness. It's something devilish sometimes that can rot that some kind of nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so there's some forgiveness, some unf unforgiveness that is a secretion of the, the wisdom of the devil, his nature himself, that will need something from the nature, the everlasting nature of God. But that's something that when you now forgive the person, that can tamper with the natural life, how you live with them, how you operate with them. Are you seeing that? So that's an example of something that is, can be everlasting, maybe even eternal. Now being able to play out and to shape out conduct and the things that you eventually do on the earth. Yeah, so these things are applicable. Yeah, yeah. These things, they are, they are very, very applicable. But it's just 
not applicable in the sense that the corrupted world has taught man to apply themselves. We also have to learn God's own standard of how men should be applied. And when you come into that standard, you see that all of God's word has applicability, even in this life, both in this life and in the life to come. Amen. Praise God. That was wonderful. You know, as you were talking, I'm reminded of um, Jesus' relationship with Judas. Um, that, that is, I feel, everlasting power at work because um, Jesus' relationship with all the disciples, no, the, none of them could tell who it was that would betray him. But I bet you that if you knew that this person would be, everybody would know that me and this guy were not okay. You know, it takes um, more than just maybe willing yourself to like someone or, or walk, walking in love. It took, I think, everlasting powers to relate with Judas. And I think Jesus even loved him. Yeah. Not just that he was tolerating him. He, he loved him. You know, and I think if Judas had a moment of repentance, he would have, he would have taken him, you know. So that's, I think that's applicable, right? Like, if you cannot live with your roommate in peace, you know, it looks like you need everlasting, <laughs> everlasting power, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. I suspect maybe what the person is saying is that the, the because the, the scripture, especially when you're going deep into the scripture, you find out that it's actually a book of metaphors. Like, it's almost everything is metaphorical. So when the Bible wants, when scripture wants to teach you about something, a lot of times, they can be talking about something very abstract, like te tabernacle, mm -hmm. right? Like daddy was teaching about how the Lord wants to make you a furniture, <laughs> like <laughs> a furniture for a table for God to use. And then you're wondering, you can't even see it. Okay, how, why sh how does that apply to me, being a table? How, how does that work? You know, thinking about the ark, the, the specifics of all of the holy place, the sanctuary, the, the court, in your mind, you're saying, I've never seen a court in my life. I've never seen a tabernacle. I'm never going to see one. So how does this apply? So maybe the, the obstacle here is the, the language of scripture and the way to communicate these things. Um, but I think that um, the attitude of this should be um, still, to me, meekness. Meekness in the sense that God is higher than us. And God has decided, this is how I want to communicate my own thought. And then have, have the faith that the scripture that came by God to you, is the word for you, what God designed for you, can speak to you. And is designed to speak to you. So that meekness is there. To follow those seemingly foolish concepts, stay with them, keep learning them, keep learning them, keep learning them until the spiritual um, miracle happens, where it translates into life on your inside. Yes. I think uh, Pastor Jeff actually covered a whole lot of ground in, that, in, that, in this area of different things that could happen as to why it may not be applicable. Amen. Um, I just wanted to add um, a very simple concept, is one of the things when it comes to applicability or I would say for, for me, when I started listening, and of course, where I started from was just hearing the revelations, right? Of course, I loved it. It was awesome, beautiful, hearing about tabernacle, hearing about um, righteousness, you know, heavens, angels, you know, they were saying all these things. And I know inside of me, something was being installed. However, 
um, have not really moved into the applicability of what was being installed inside. And the gap for me there was the fact that I can't picture myself as what is being said. So, for example, they talk about tabernacle. All I think about is tabernacle. I'm not thinking about myself. But what they're actually talking about is you. And that is majorly one of the limitations for me then. Is all of these things that they are saying is not, like, like uh, Pastor Jeff said, they're all metaphors. But all these metaphors are talking about you and me. So when you hear a man um, can be evil, don't think about your enemy too far or, or somebody that is offending you. Just think about yourself. So when you hear a man can be evil, I can be evil. Simple. When you say I can be evil, then it, it makes a whole lot of sense as to, okay, <laughs> okay, this is, thing is no longer about something foreign. They're actually talking about you. And, and in summary, everything you hear that they are teaching and scripture is just talking about natures inside you. Finish. Eh? There are things inside that you can't see that the scripture is trying to excavate by all these things you are hearing that they are saying. But it is God's wisdom to speak in this manner, both to get you interested and also to get you thinking. I mean, the way, the manner and the way these words are coming, it's not because they just want to speak high and just make you feel like, oh, this, this thing is too high. No. It's God's wisdom to install a whole lot of things inside you. Right? Because this, just speaking this manner alone can, can install revelation inside you. Revelation can begin to unveil a whole lot of... I mean, when Revelation comes, all you see is scripture. Ah, scripture is opening all some beauty with that. Well, later you now realize that what the scripture is actually saying is about you. And what they, what they want to get to happen is to make sure that you, as a person, is the same as the life that they are speaking about. And that is why they now begin to define different qualities of life. So you hear Christ is a quality of life. You hear fullness of Christ is a quality. Then you hear living son is a quality. Then you know you move from one quality to another. And because the, the work that Satan has done is inside is too, I mean, is, is a mysterious work. You need to hear mysterious work to unveil. To, I, 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 yes, and I think, I think this, I'll say this and then I'll stop because I think I might talk too much. Is part of the, the reason for these words coming this way is there's a way you are thinking that is not the way God thinks. Now, when I begin to speak this way, that is kind of ah, this is foreign, this is hard, different. It's actually to deal with a problem inside his mind because what Satan did is to dull men from hearing God, right? Now, when you hear this thing, it's actually wisdom of God to cure dullness to cure dumbness, mm -hmm. get you alive, make you, you know, prepare you in a way that, okay, let me begin to hear God. Yes, yes. Then all these things will not begin to make sense. Yes. Then you'll not begin to, ah, I'm, oh my God. I mean, many people might go all like days, years, never thinking that the way they just suspect their brethren is not a problem. Mm -hmm. yes. You suspect once, maybe because it's not happening every day, you suspect once, forget it, you know, you live your life, everything happens, and then You've been doing this for years. But you didn't know that this thing is a problem in the soul. And what we do with this thing, okay, let's just say you hear charity now. Mm. 
You get what I mean? I mean, I mean charity has suffered, charity suffered very long. And most of the times when they teach these things, they teach them in scriptures. I mean, it's like excavating scriptures. Yeah. And you see, when you develop a relationship with the word, these things won't be too far-fetched, honestly. Right? They want to excavate these things, get you to begin to relate with the word of God, get to begin to think God the way God thinks. Right? Op- let your mind be opened up to a different way of thinking, which if you master, you'll be able to think differently about your life. Then you begin to apply the things that God is saying in, the, in this verse we are hearing. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, sir. Praise God. Okay, I have this question here that I think is good for us to talk about. It says, can you throw more light on the KJV translation, especially because it was not the first translation, and the use of words with the Greek scriptures? I'm not sure I understand the last part, but I think essentially, like, why is it that... um, it's the King James Version that we use because um, you know how Reverend teaches, right? He, like he, he makes distinctions because that's how the scripture makes distinctions between like everlasting life, eternal life, you know, just little things that you think that, oh, why is he over explaining this one thing? Because when you check another translation, it doesn't, ho- yes, they, yes, they just, yes, or they will use sim- the same word, for example, right? So why, why are we particular about using the King James Version? Pastor James, maybe you can. Uh, praise God. Uh, th- very interesting question. Uh, I remember a few uh, years ago, well, many years ago, 2012, 2012 I was uh, in, a, in a class I'm doing my master's then, and the Lord was speaking to me, trying to teach me about something from Judges chapter 5. And the Lord just said I should use KJV, and I was wondering why. I felt it in my, in my heart, saying KJV. When I now open to it, you know, you read it, uh, you can read it at your own time, Judges chapter 5, I think verse 13, and every, I now went back home to go and find out why he told me KJV. I now went to check every other, every, every other NLT, uh, AM, the, the meaning is lost. Absolutely, it was too glaring. Um, so I did a bit of research myself, um, the person who authorized the King James was a king, one of the kings of uh, Britain, many, many years ago. And he really invested a lot to put this together. And he did it at a time where things have not really been modernized in the sense that people changing meanings. Uh, so he did it at a time where people, the, the intention was to go and get the as exact historical as first transcript he sent them he invested you know he's a king he spent money on it and sent them to to rome sent them to places and when they put together this king james you are getting as exact as the original scripture manuscript as you can get now all the other versions which are more modern are trying to in their own kind of interpretation try to make it relatable try to make it understanding to you and in so doing that they kind of skip some things uh, I remember uh, last night Jeff was talking to some people about uh, um, how the Bible was written in Greek, right? And uh, the Greek language was the best that they could use to kind of put it together versus, say, maybe the Hebrew. 
because of the meanings. Um, so when Holy Ghost is looking for when to put these things together, he's trying to extract as much as he can in terms of the language meanings. And even at that, it wasn't good enough because people were asking questions about everlasting life versus eternal life and why it's used interchangeably in the scriptures. Right, so uh, you, those things, the Holy Ghost just did the best with our language because God's mind is way vaster than, as we were saying yesterday, than just the language we have. So he has to search for the best possible one to explain the best possible way he can. And then uh, after that, so the King James is the best possible extraction from the original Greek uh, manuscripts. And that has been proven uh, by even how the Lord led me that day. It was totally proven. You can check, look it up yourself. Amen. Um, amen. I'm not going to talk too much. This one, I'm just going to go straight to the point. Um, Pastor Jeff mentioned something during prayer meeting, and it's directly, I think, in a way, regarding this. And he was talking about when you are actually asking the question, why use King James and other Bible verses, other Bible uh, versions? The answer is very simple. What kind of work is the other versions doing that King James is not doing? Or rather, can the other versions do what King James is doing? Now, and then he also actually also mentioned something towards the intent of the question itself. Because if really you are looking for God, sincerely, you really just want to learn God and understand, why do you have a problem with all these things? If really the issue is you are looking for God, if it's not about just having an edge with knowledge in a way. Why are you having issues with the way King James mentioned these verses? Explained it and others didn't. And of course, uh, in a way, I feel it's a sense of, let me not use the word laziness, but it's mentally and spiritually, is in a way it is, in the sense that, okay, you just heard now that everlasting and eternal is different. Why do you have a problem with it? Why can't you just look at it? Okay, what is okay, when he says everlasting and eternal is different? What is he really saying to you? He's saying the quality of life is different. Okay, why do you have a problem with that? Don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to change? Don't you want to have a better life built as a person? If that is your goal, then you won't have a problem with the version of King James that seems to excavate things and make it plain line up and break things down because the breakdown of life, you won't see it in other versions like you see it in King James. And just a side notice, when you look at some of the versions, they actually remove key words that gives you meaning and that can actually move you in life. For example, there are three that are recorded in heaven, you know, in some versions they remove it. Okay, why are you removing? I mean, those are things, you know, you, if, if, if you look at it, you okay, some of these things just logically Okay, let me have what have everything rather than one that has lost some of the intentions there. Yeah, I, I actually want to open to that Judges 5. I, I just want to, because it's important. You will see, um, because the, the meaning of what it was saying in King James is actually stuff that, you know, like has to do with eternal life and everlasting life. So this is where a lot of those things are mixed up because of the concept of the mind of those who are probably doing like the Message Bible. NIV. Their mind is probably not connected yet with the that hope of to eternal life. And so when they are just interpreting sometimes, they try and just interpret it literally because they are not there at that dimension yet. Um, so uh, let's just see that uh, just very quickly. Judges chapter 5. I, I think that will help somebody. Where's Judges? Quick? Mm -hmm. 
think it's before summer. All right, so it says, um, and he made him that remained have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Now, the context he was talking about Deborah and Barak. And Barak is actually like, Barak is actually the son of Abinoam, the meaning interpretation referring to Jehoshua, to Jesus. It's kind of a, a symbolism of Jesus. And Deborah is symbolism of his wife or his bride. Uh, and so he was talking about the dominion of Barak or the king here. Then he made him that remained have dominion over the nobles among the people. King of kings kind of concept. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Now, if you thank you for putting that up, you can switch that to an NIV. Let's just try to, you will see the, that concept of remaining everlasting, uh, the intention of the end of reward of what he was talking about concerning the king, Barak or Deborah, was totally lost out in uh, a different version. If um, you, you guys, if you can help me put up uh, just one or two different versions. Uh, we only have King James capacity. <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't have any other version. It's okay. Computer the computer is King James. <laughs> In that case, uh, if somebody has another version, maybe. Um, okay, you can read it. Okay. The remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Yeah, the remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Yeah, I can read it in NLT if you want. Okay. Just a second. Okay. Verse 13, right? Okay. Okay. Down from Tabor marched the few against the nobles. The people of the Lord marched down against mighty warriors. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Let's not spend too much time, but I'm sure you get the idea. Uh, that a lot of the other, uh, there's a difference between a transliteration, which is what King James is, it's transliteration word by word, and translation, which is people trying to see, ex they explain what the original thought was, but sometimes with mine, but I don't want us to get too bogged down on this, um, because when, I, when you look at it, to me fundamentally, I think the problem we have with King James, people have with King James, is because of we have been the scientific, the glorification of scientific approach mm. and method mm -hmm. of, you know, of have given credence to things, yes, yes. which is completely different from the spiritual method. I think maybe the problem is because God made Bible book. Maybe God should have made it a, a screen that will appear to you or something. So because it's a book, we then think we, we need to now go and and compare it and contrast and all that the way we do with other books but that's and that's where the problem really is and to me i feel the standard should be the same standard you use to for and if i ask you is the holy ghost inside of you you say yes i say how do you know has the scientists verified it have we done an experiment to verify it 
what is scientific proof? No. Right? And then this Bible, this is the most supernatural thing on the earth. You know what I mean? So, then it makes sense that the way you verify it, it's not based on historical record. It's not based on, I mean, thank God for King James, thank God for comparing manuscripts, all those things, but that's not where the verification is. The question is that, is there any other translation that can do the supernatural thing that King James is doing? Right? To me, that is the manifestation, the proof that it is God. Is that this, is the, the, you see the supernatural signature of the spirit upon the letter, the way the books connect, the way the words are used. Just looking at how Revelation comes out of King James is a miracle in front of your eyes. It's like seeing a miracle happen and you're asking a question, like the guy who was healed, I was saying the other time. The guy who they healed his eyes, Pharisees came and were asking all kinds of questions. The guy said, look, leave me alone. All I know is that I was blind. Now I can see. Why are you asking me all these things? Um, so King James that has been giving me life, I know who I was like 10 years ago. And the revelation, revelation that could not come from any other translation, supernatural revelation from a translation, magnifying the life of God, making God real in the flesh. That's the miracle, right? So why will you look at, look at that, put it aside and say, um, but the historians and all of that stuff. It's because we don't trust supernatural method. We, we want to trust science instead. So to me, rest on that. If God is doing a work with this verse, then with this sorry book, King James Version, to me, that should be enough for me. Praise the Lord. Unless you find some other supernatural thing that other, verse, other um, translations are doing that maybe King James is not doing. Amen. I feel like we've stayed a lot on this. Praise God. Uh, I don't have any more questions. From, does anyone have questions that they want to give to, to Betty? No one has questions. Okay, we'll just we'll continue with what we have here. So, um, there was a question from last time, and I think this ties into Pastor Thompson's message. The person said, um, "What is the role of the Holy Spirit in my attaining of everlasting life? Because if the Holy Spirit is well eternal life, and I have the Holy Spirit, then how basically like how come I don't have eternal life since He lives in me, right?" And and I think I want whoever is going to answer the question, I was going to ask you this specifically. Um, what's the difference between this, the Holy Spirit and then the spirit of holiness that he was talking about? Because he said you need that spirit of holiness to combat things in you. So what is the difference between those two things? And how come if the Holy Spirit is inside me, why am I not just great? I can start. Praise God. Um, uh, I want us to understand that um, there's a difference between Holy Spirit residing inside a man and Holy Spirit finding full expression as eternal life, which he is. Praise God. So you see someone like John coming to a whole church. That church was an everlasting church to a, to a large extent. And he said, that which you have talked about, that we have seen, which we have handled concerning this word of life. Do you get? We have come to show you that you might have fellowship with us. In other words, it's telling them that there's a fellowship I have that you don't have. Do you get what I'm saying? And he was talking about eternal life. Do you get what I'm saying? This was a church. It's not that, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. 
He wasn't talking to unbelievers. So he was telling those believers that were not just young believers, because in the Amish, he was telling them, I call to you children, young men, and he was calling fathers in the Amish too. So they were not a small church. But he was telling them that I am fellowshipping with the Father and the Son, who is eternal life. And I am coming to you that you do my fellowship with us. Where I am, you are not there yet. So I'm coming to you so that I can communicate what I am holding on to, to you. But they are born again. So was John wrong saying that, oh, is, is it, um, that um, they don't have eternal life? They don't, truly, they don't have it. They don't have it. And he's coming to communicate it to them. He said he, he has held on to it. Do you say? He said that which we have, uh, um, our hands have handled. Then I'm coming to show you. So I have it. You don't have it. He's making a disparity there. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. So it is true that um, the day you got born again, Holy Ghost comes inside you. Do you get what I'm saying? In fact, after you get born again, even the expression of Holy Ghost, you will know that it's not full expression of Holy Ghost. Some of us, the only expression we had was speaking in tongues. Is that eternal life? <laughs> That's not eternal life. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Eternal life is an expression. It's a full expression. It's not, it's not just a reciting. Do you get what I'm saying? Is that, eternal life is just, just a reciting. Eternal life is a life. It's a life, a building. It's a, it's a dominion on, him, on his own. Do you get what I'm saying? So eternal life is not, um, is not something that we confess. I can confess eternal life from now to my mouth peel. He's not going to find expression. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Because it's a walk. Do you get what I'm saying? When you say I hold on to something, it means that I have put it to use. It has become mine. It has become an expression. It is sitting in me. Do you get what I'm saying? Then I say I have it. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, the place of the Holy Ghost is there is a spirit, um, the one of old spirit of holiness. Um, I would say spirit of holiness is a law in the Holy Ghost. A law at work in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is a deity in himself. God. But he has laws in him that we raise men. So, spirit of holiness is a law inside the Holy Ghost that raises men to be holy. So it's an oppression inside the Holy Ghost. Do you get what I'm saying? And I think it's inside Romans chapter 6. It's in um, Timothy. It's in many parts of the scriptures. If you have to be opening the scriptures here. So it's actually when a man has been trained to be spiritual. Pastor Thompson was saying it. I don't even. uh, So I can even repeat what he was saying. Then the spirit of holiness will come and begin to do that work. And bring that man. When the Bible says, be ye holy as I am holy. That was God talking. Right? So when we say God's holiness. God's holiness is is a far journey. It's a far journey. And it's the spirit of holiness that will raise a spiritual man into God's holiness. Praise God. And that's so Holy Ghost will re- get somebody born again. It will the scripture said it that it will take that Christ was talking. He said, It will take that which is of me and give it to you. So it's the one that takes the properties of Christ and brings it into the soul of a man. So that's an operation of the Holy Ghost too. Even the same time after Christ has been formed, it's still an operation of the Holy Ghost. You know, everyone was separating it. Um, seven Spirit of the Lord, which is in the holy place. Then in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 5, was now talking about seven Spirit of God before the throne. Praise on the Lord. That's another realm of the Holy Ghost. It's still that same Holy Ghost, but another operation entirely. That's actually the Spirit of Holiness. Praise the Lord. That is now raising man to the throne. 
Praise God. So you will see that he's the same Holy Ghost that raises a man from the beginning into the um into to the throne himself. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, but Holy Ghost is just a being that he has a character that even he can come into a baby Christian, an unrepaired soul. He has that. He has that capacity to come into an unrepaired soul. It so that you know when you move into uh, a house that has not been renovated, you can't live in there. Holy Ghost, is, our soul is like an unrenovated um, house. He's coming. He will start fixing wires. He can come that low. He can come that low. Do you get? But even in even his operation is more than that. His operation is more than that. Operation is way higher than that. He has a tronic operation too. Praise God. I think I'll transfer to my yes, brother. Sir. Yes, sir. Praise God. I think you said everything. Everything. I just want to amplify that last part that he said about the Holy Spirit willing, willing, able to go. So the Holy Spirit is a, is a, is a, is a wonderful person of God. Is in the sense that he's the, he's the person of God that is able to move into a place without their essence. Without the, you can leave the essence of God behind, and just just the Spirit can move. The Holy Spirit, that's why maybe that's why it's called Spirit, the Ghost of God. So it's a ghost that can, he can. There is no limit to where he can reach. He can reach anywhere. He can go anything. He's not intimidated by anything, sin, unrighteousness, anything. Holy Ghost can go there. In fact, Holy Spirit can rest on this cloth right now. You say, Ah, there's Holy Ghost here. Yeah. It has happened now. It, miracles happening by the Spirit of God resting upon mantles, upon uh, Elijah was wearing him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Imagine the Holy Ghost on a cloth. But of course, you can't have the Father on a cloth. You can't have the Son on a cloth. Do you get what I'm saying? But God in creation knew he would need that aspect of him that can flow. But that aspect then, he is also God. And but he, then he can fetch out of their essence whenever the condition is right. That's why the scripture you were quoting in John chapter 16, it says that, it says, I have many things to say to you, you cannot bear them. Now, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, that he will guide you into of truth, for he will then take. So if he sends someone, is taking something. It means he's an independent person that has access to that thing. And when the time is right, he can take of that thing and reveal them to you. And Jesus went further and he said, he won't speak of his own self, but what he hears, it means he hears. The Holy Ghost is what he hears that he will say and he will bring even to your remembrance all that have been said unto you. Praise the Lord. Does that make sense? So don't be intimidated. This means word of righteousness. We only knew Holy Ghost before. Now spirit of this, spirit of that, spirit of... How many spirits are there? <laughs> We're just talking about different operations of, the, of that same Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Yes. A little something to everything that's been said. There's something Pastor Femi was bringing out about the Holy Spirit as the, as operating as the seven spirits, and that's when that that is like that's when he's moving into the spirit of holiness, law dimension. So you're not we cannot define those seven spirits. So spirit of wisdom, uh, understanding, counsel, and mind, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. You see where he's taking you? Fear, then quick understanding. That's holiness, separation, holiness. So there is so in, a, in other words. One thing that came to my mind as well, something was teaching was the spirit of holiness is like the spirit of judgment. When I mean judgment, judgment in bringing you to judgments of the everlasting. So it's separating you into the thoughts and imaginations in the Father of everlasting life. Uh, just to add, uh, sorry. Uh, to, uh, 
quickly an example i'm not going to explain it just to give an example of what it is right pastor thompson mentioned an example and says a bird is flying and what makes that bird to fly is a law now let's not compare holy spirit as the bird that is flying now what is making holy spirit fly is a law right now that law is what you can refer to as the spirit of holiness mm. just to i mean just an analogy right mm. so just comparing the bird flying it has a law inside so holy ghost has laws inside now you may not have access to that law why is in you but as you grow it can then give you access to that law so that you can fly as he is flying Start flying, everybody. <laughs> Praise God. I have, I have a question. I have a question. Um, when, Reverend, when Reverend is teaching, and I notice he, he says this a lot, he say, sin is not just fornication and adultery, you know. Sin is the life. <laughs> My question is, you know young people, you know, the scripture says, therefore, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves of filthiness of the flesh and spirit, you know, perfected, uh, the fear of God, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What would you say to somebody who is like, I'm dealing with fleshly issues right now. I can't just see a girl in a nice dress and my eye will not do like this. You know, like real things that affect, and, and, and I know there are even bigger ones like, you know, Sins of the flesh, right? Let, if I go into detail, like, you know, sometimes fornication is an actual thing yeah. among young people. The pornography, the masturbation, the addiction to food, the addiction to entertainment, and the kind of condemnation that comes with that, that breaks your fellowship. Like, in my mind, this is, these are the sins I'm dealing with. You're telling me about a life. I don't have ambition, you know, because my present issues are what are on my mind right now that are, that are problematic. And I don't feel like I can move forward from this, these, these things and start talking about, you know, the seed that is inside me of the enemy. Like, can you just address my problems and then I can think about these other things? What would you say to somebody whose fleshly um, kind of strongholds are, have such a grip that even though they are listening to these things, it flies over their head and they, are, they just want their problem to be solved now? Pastor Femi. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Um, I want to encourage young people that I don't think there's anything you are going through that is not common to man. Praise God. Works of the flesh we have to be dealt with. is normal. Praise God. I have dealt with it. Many of us have dealt with it here. And we have overcome it. Praise God. Now, one of the things about, I want to narrow down to what you are saying, you were fornication, ad, um, fornication, addiction, addiction um, pornography. Uh, one of the things that those things that actually project in your eyes is that they look as if they can never go. That's a lie. Praise God. That's a lie. They can go and they will go. So one of the, I struggled with it. Let me just open up with you here now. We are young people, let's talk. I struggled with it. Now, the, what devil projected in my life for a long time was this thing will never go. So even 
even speaking in tongues, um, many things, well, getting born again. I was in Egin for a long time. I still struggled with it while I was still in Egin for a while. Praise God. And the thing was there. But one thing that Holy Ghost used to make me understand is that, uh, okay, let me first say this. Please, don't be quiet about it. Sin thrives in secrecy. The devil will convince you never to talk. One of the things he will tell you is that you that have been leading prayer in church. You want to go and tell pastor <coughs> that you have pornography. Please, can I very sincere with you? You are the one that needs to go and tell pastor. The fact that the pastor trusted you enough to put you on the altar means that he's ready to help you. But the devil will make you feel like that pastor will never see you the same way again. It's a lie. It's a lie. He's blackmailing your pastor. So that he will not help you. Your pastor was created there to help you. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So don't be quiet about it. And don't be ashamed of it. Now, it's not that you're going to tell everybody. <laughs> Praise God. Some people will say in my meekness. Yeah. I decided to... <laughs> let's, shed, let's, shed light. let's shed light on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't just go and tell them. Tell somebody. Don't go and, and don't go and tell somebody that will say, ah, it's okay, it's okay. Me too, I'm struggling with it. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. So that one you can <laughs> that's that's a big problem because you get comfortable. Don't go and share with somebody that you get comfortable. Share with somebody that you know that can can um, can persist with you in prayer, can persist with you in endurance. Praise God. Share with somebody that when you are feeling that urge to watch porn, you can call. And say, I'm about to watch this thing, and I feel like right now I need to watch it. What do I do? Wow. Do you get what I'm saying? Please, eh? There's no shame. See, it is as long as you keep doing it, you keep dying. So why not just face that shame right now and stop dying? There was a day I finished watching porn that day, and ah, my Holy Ghost helped me that day. And by the time I was done watching it, Holy Ghost came into my head and said, You will die. Can I be very sincere with you? Yes, sir, then <laughs> I was in new creation. I was I was in new creation reality. I believed in one saved forever saved. Mm -hmm. But when I heard you will die in my head, I believed that statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, I believed I can die. <laughs> I did not leave that bed until I called somebody. Jesus. That was an encounter. Please don't be ashamed of talking. Talk. Okay, after that shame that day, are you now overcoming? Is there shame there again? No, that's so why do you want to stay in that shame and continue dying? One thing about pornography and um, sexual sin is that it looks like you can't stand in the spirit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The more you try standing, you keep falling again. I'm talking to you from experience. Yes, do you get what I'm saying? It looks like you, you, you want to stand again. You just fall again. It weakens you because it's a sin against the body. It's not just your soul that is affected. This your body is weakened too. So you need help. You need somebody to pull you out. You can't pull yourself out. Don't think you can really, really pull yourself out. Somebody has to hold you and pull you out of it. You want to go and do it. Somebody has to say, okay, you know what? Let's take a walk together. Stay with me on the phone. Let's pray in tongues for 30 minutes. 
can I be very sincere with you? That's the way it's going to be. A time will come. I, I will tell you the way I overcame it. After talking to somebody and the person prayed with me and everything, and little follow-up here and there, something I do like three times a week is turn to once a week. Mm. It turns to once in two weeks, once a month. It might not end immediately. Some people will end immediately there. That's grace. That's Thank God for that. But it took me a whole year or two years for it to now finally die completely. But one thing I realized is that the more I was... I was doing it less. The more I had time for the word, the more I had less condemnation when I wanted to spend time with the word. So the more I enjoyed prayer more, the more I enjoyed the word more, the more I now got that strength. Sometimes the temptation will now come. I will just look, turn a blind eye to it. Now it does not even show up again. Do you get what I'm saying? Now you can gain strength against it, but you need to not keep quiet. It's still the word that will do it. But sometimes condemnation will take you always far from the word. Condemnation will never bring you, will not bring you close to the word. So at the end of the day, you might not be able to actually feed on what is needed to give you that strength. Praise God. I think I will just end there. Praise God. Wow. Praise God. That's deliverance. Accountability is key, right? Yes, because Satan thrives in darkness. You know, praise God. That was, okay. Just one little thing, I think that's where you landed, um, that, that I think speaks to more of the question that what was in terms of, do you, does it, you have to make sure it does not paralyze you to a point where you say, okay, let's leave all this word of righteousness, let's leave all this everlasting life alone, let me just go and deal with this problem. When you do that, then you are fulfilling the reason why the devil brought the problem. <laughs> The reason, the reason why someone fornicates, all of those, is not because Satan is happy. Wow, it's fornicating. Oh my God, this is being done. These are not, that's not, Satan, they don't celebrate fornication and all those things. That's not what they celebrate. But if, because when they introduce that to a person, that can, maybe because of the condemnation and everything, can just halt them. They can't look at doctrine anymore. They can't submit to, they can't look at higher things then that's what makes the enemy happy. This thing has done its job. So all these demonic issues is to stop spirits are the ones who are in control so that the soul will not be able to climb. Yeah. Uh -huh. So everything is said, you need that. You need everything is said in order to get help, to break that condemnation because if you keep doing it, the condemnation will be there. You can't just shut your mind and say, okay, I can do it, but no more condemnation. <laughs> you will die like that. <laughs> so those things must be dealt with. But on the other side, you must have a way to not then see God as maybe an angry God who is like, because all these things are there, I can't talk to you anymore. That's what the devil wants to, to do. But rather, see the Lord as the solution. Know that whenever you are in that problem, the best place you need to be is in God's presence with his word, hearing everything he has to say. And to be honest with you, the real deliverance from those things is the transportation of your imagination to something else. If you don't transport your imagination to something else and it's just there, no revelation, nothing, or you're thinking of my fornication, my fornication, my fornication, you will never leave that fornication. So the revelation and the ministry of revelation, see it as a means to think of something else, another world, another economy of thought. That you can sow yourself into and find pleasure into. After a while, revelation will be sweeter to you than the gratification of the flesh. Praise the Lord. Praise God. 
one last question that I want to ask. Um, you know, um, thank God for the kind of season that we're in, you know, that we're in a season of abundance in terms of word, you know, being plugged into, thank God for this ministry, for EGFM, you know, Living with Church, there's, there's so much you, to listen to, you know, and I know that some t maybe there are some people who struggle with like, how can I just keep up with all the meetings, um, you know, or messages, you know, how can I, like it can be overwhelming sometimes. That's the first part of my question. The second part is, can you address people who maybe are weary in terms of like, you know, sometimes you're in, you, there's peaks and there's truths where it's just, I don't really have hunger right now. Mm -hmm. But if I stop coming to meeting, all my friends would judge me. They will say you're backsliding, mm -hmm. but I'm not finding the requisite passion, the requisite hunger, desire, or love. And, and that tells with your prayer life, you're not praying enough. You know when you get home and you want to relax, like your place, you know, um, coming down now I'm chilling is with your television. Mm -hmm. um, that, that place of like, oh, I'm relaxing now is not with the word, it's not the presence of God. You know, what will you say to people like that who, they are going through the motions you know, but they don't know how to come out of it. Mm. Uh, and then people who feel overwhelmed, like, oh, let me just listen to Isha, because so that if they ask me, did you listen to School of Spirit last <laughs> Thursday? Did you hear Brother Lanry? Yeah, yeah, we did watch, you know, but, but inside, you are not actually present. Mm. Can you say something to those people? I, I think Pastor Jeff has a road for this kind of thing. So I think the road, <laughs> so, so I, so I think, I think you can address it better. Can you okay, uh, I'll start. Uh, I, I know someone asked me this question recently. So, um, I think first, the first question was about how do I, you know, there's a lot of messages, there's a lot out there. How do I, um, you know, find a good place of leading? Uh, first of all, almost, you know, in this world of righteousness, I mean, if you're in Ottawa, you have Pastor Jeff. If you're in Edmonton, you have myself, you have Pastor Femi. But beyond that, then you have, obviously, our daddy, Reverend Kyle Deogoke, our mommy, Reverend Helen. You have Pastor Emeka. Those are people, I'm just saying for me personally, those are people that are non-negotiable that I listen to. And um, sometimes I, I, I stream into Love Seal Church. I stream different things. I enjoy different things. But there must be some, out of all of that, there must be some authority figures in your life. Meaning in the sense that when you're in, if you're not well listening to Pastor Jeff, he's an authority figure in your life. Uh, if you're not admitting listening to me, Pastor Femi, that's an authority figure in your life. Reverend K is an authority figure in our lives. Reverend Helen is. Pastor Meg, I'm all the pastors, but um, it's a tricky thing to answer. But you get what I mean? It, it, they, it, they, sometimes you listen to a message and you're listening to be blessed. Sometimes you're listening to a message. If he's an authority figure, you should be listening to with that authority thing um, upon you. I don't know if I'm, it's a very tricky thing to navigate and answer, but you can in your, because in, to be honest, if you don't find a way of um, navigating and having a, a straight path, you will get lost in the, in the multitude. Uh, that's the reason why I'm saying it. I'm not trying to say that don't listen to this or don't listen to that. You can listen to everything, but they must out of everything, there must be some authority figures in your life. Starting with your own maybe local pastor here, um, who is 
teaching you this word of righteousness and moving up upward to our Father in the Lord, Reverend Kyode Oyegeku. Um, a couple of things that more um, uh, in my mind um, is that the way you also manage your time, priority is everything. Uh huh. So there are some weeks when maybe, uh, for example, maybe EGFM, maybe after convention, they have gone off for two weeks and I still want to listen to messages. I can, you know, go and I, sometimes maybe I'll go to Pastor Dimedi's church and go and listen to Pastor Dimedi, uh, you know, things like that. So, uh, but you must always have the order of priority in your heart in terms of uh, tuning in because of your time and make sure that you are given enough time to hearing. I don't want to, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm working on eggshells here, but make sure you are given enough time to hearing. But at the same time, within the time you're given to hearing, there's a priority of authority in your heart of what you are listening to. I think that's the, that's the point I'm trying to narrow down in. So, so in one case, it could be that you're not given enough time to hearing. That's, that's probably more, more of a likely case. On the second hand, it could be that you are given enough time to hearing, but you have not been able to prioritize the authority figures in your life. Um, so by default, if, for example, my first choice is to listen to Reverend K, if I'm contemplating who to listen to, except maybe I feel in my, in my spirit I should go to a particular message. After I'm done that, I, I can listen to New and Living Way Church, Pastor Mecca, listen to Love Steel Church, listen to Reverend Helen. But uh, sorry, I, I hope I'm not... Uh -huh. I'm just trying to, it's, very, it's, very, yeah, it's a very sensitive thing to say all these things like this. But just understand where I'm going in that there are two things. Increase your time, right? And um, it's not only, some, you may say, I don't have time, I'm too busy. There's something called, uh, you can watch plates and be streaming and be playing something. Um, do you get me? It's not the ideal way to do it. But if that is all the time you got, let it not be an excuse not to hear. I have in time past many times slept off listening to messages, used it to sleep because I had no time. I was so tired, I had to sleep, but I wanted to still stream something. I let it play and I slept off on it. Now that's not the ideal way to do it, but you know, when things are hard, <laughs> you still have to listen, you still have to connect. Uh, so time and then the other one is authority figures, arranging them in your life. Praise God. Amen. We are really, really out of time. We are really out of time. We have to hand over to Lagos now. Pastor Leke is ready to give us the charge, but I don't want to let this thing go. If I can just, if it's a minute to say something. The, that question, I think, is more like somebody who, they are still listening, but there's something has happened. They are not yeah. engaged in. Yeah. Um, I think what happens is when, the moment when you drop the meaning of what you are doing, that's when the heart falls into that state. And so what the person needs to do is you need to go back to where did you drop it off, right? And meaning comes from, for, um, if you want to f discover meaning again, reduce to me, I'm sorry, sir, but yeah. what me I'm saying is it's not necessarily a thing of volume. I would even say go back to the last message that spoke to you deeply. Mm -hmm. Take it again. Listen to it again and find those moments, that thing that spoke to you yes. and understand it and try and journey from there.
trying, instead of journeying message to message, journey from understanding to understanding, to understanding. That way, to what you are doing will always have meaning to you. And the fire of it will not go. Praise God. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, we'll hand over to Lagos right now. Amen. Praise God. <laughs>